Welcome to our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hawkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. We will talk all things woman, so get the kettle on and settle in for a chat and probably a lot of laughter along the way. Coming up in this week's podcast, we have the last instalment from January's book, The Female Lead We Rise by Lifting Others by Edwina Dunn. This week, all the women's stories reflect on relationships. For our foodie, we end Veganuary with a sweet treat plus a requested recipe using TVP, textured veggie protein. Now, January has been a busy month. We have explored trying to find joy again with Elizabeth Joseph. We've looked at food habits and mental health with Jackie and Marcel. And today we meet someone who is combining all of the above when six months ago he undertook bariatric surgery. We find out how Tim is becoming Tiny Tim when we chat with him later on. Has Lou managed to keep her Veganuary WI promise? She will be telling us all, plus we have a new WI for everybody. And it's the end of the month already, so get your drinks at the ready, pop them in the fridge for our wine collective. So how's your week been, Lou? Oh, well, you know, my mojo is slowly coming back and I'm just considering, do I need testosterone? Because I know I'm not going to get it from the doctor, but I think it's one of those. It's one of those things. It's not just for libido. Like a lot of people think it can affect and it can affect our brain, a brain fog and fatigue and all those, all those things. So so I'm thinking of that. And also I got pretty angry this week at BMI, body mass index. Right. Yes. Load of old bollocks. Load of old bollocks. Okay. Tell us all, Lou. So this was created 170 years ago by Adolphe Quillette. I don't know if that's how you say his name. That's how it's coming out of my mouth. And he collected weight and height data from, guess what? White European men, obviously. Mm. Mm. Um, He took the mean average and devised an equation using weight divided by meter square. Oh, then. So that went on for years. Then in 1972, along came a bloke called Ansel Keys, and he said that Quillette's ratio was superior to other ways of measuring body fat and rebranded it as BMI. So we think of all that. That was so 170 years ago for the original 1972. BMI, as we use today, is not representative of race or gender. It does not tell us if you are fit, how much you sleep, your nutrition, your stress anything else. It takes none of that into consideration. So BMI is bollocks mass index (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. I I agree, Lou. It doesn't take into account any different body shapes, you know, genetics, anything like that, does it? No, not at all. And it's got to be that, it's got to be about 150, 60 years old anyway. Why aren't we? It's just only taken in race, you know, it's it's, so culturally it's so completely wrong. But anyway, there was that. And also the lovely meatloaf, died I saw yes. him twice twice Aww. at Birmingham roared in on his Harley loved loved a little bit of meatloaf I did so that was a little bit of my youth gone and afterlife have you been with watching Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais I have life. seen all of them um uh the third series I've only seen the first three so I've got three oh, to go it's he brilliant is superb yeah. what a superb writer yeah loss yeah. grief he just gets people just gets people doesn't yeah. he yeah 
Yeah, so good. So that so that was my week, really. A mm. bit of bit of this and a bit of that. How, how's your sounds week? Sounds good, Lou. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I've had I've had a good week. Um, when we were recording last week, my phone was going, wasn't it, it was, Lou? And it was. it was only the Beeb, darling. And, uh, darling, and the Beeb wanted to speak to us uh, regarding um our little campaign. So we tentatively started a campaign. We haven't really had a launch or anything um for a menopause clinic in Devon to help the people. Of Devon and Cornwall because at the moment we have to go all the way to Poole or Bristol that's if you can get an appointment or a referral even so they rang to see they picked up because I was on Radio Devon that's asking right. for testimonies from the people of Devon and Cornwall and they wanted to come and film a um a menopause yoga class which they did and you came up Lou did. didn't you yeah. and so did a few other lovely women and so they did some interviews and uh, yeah we've had quite a few people getting in contact uh, with their testimonies and hopefully that we can all get together at some point and and you know get it to get it to move forward that's the plan but it's good fun wasn't it it was good fun yeah it was good I did feel like Xmas most wanted on the, on the yeah. filming but it was good fun it and it was great to get the message out there actually yeah well, was yeah and we've had we had some some quite heartwarming messages as well from it didn't we yeah we did and loads of people watch spotlight southwest yes. i can't believe lots of people have, have bumped into have commented on it so yeah, yeah it's all it's, positive it's, it's all good um and what have i learned this this week lou i've learned that low-rise jeans are coming back oh, low rise i quite like a, a low rise sigh. i bloody hate a low rise <laughs> Your bum cracks hanging out. If you if it's that low, you could have problems at the front area. <laughs> yeah, when you sit down, that was always used to be my problem. If I was sat, kind of, you go to a kind of pub, uh, garden pub, pub, pub garden, garden we pub. Been out for so but we long. haven't been out. I don't even know what it's called. <laughs> Beer garden. It's been a pandemic. <laughs> beer garden I can't remember what they look like <laughs> but yeah sat in a beer garden a you get a chill because all you know and everything's exposed yes I don't know. yeah but I think I mean you, you oh, your body shape as you change obviously you get it changes as you get older but you've got you know you've got your muffin top going on and oh, no give me a nice belly hugging you like a high rise. Yeah, I like I like them underneath my armpits. I'm very <laughs> Simon Cow. Big knickers, big jeans. Yeah, no, I like a low rise, but I'm a more of a mid rise gal. Oh. I'm a mid rise gal. I quite like that. Um, and what else have I learned? I have learned that petitions do work. Ooh. Because do you remember Tracy Scholes? We talked talk about two weeks ago. Bus driver Tracy. Bus driver Tracy yes. from Manchester. She was fired because basically she was too short for the new buses. It was a safety issue, and she couldn't see some people, some pedestrians but um, they right changed behind the buses, her. Haven't they they, they had, changed Tracy. They changed the buses. They changes changed something in the buses on a particular bus route. So she asked if she could change the bus route to use a different bus because it didn't suit her, or what were they going to do about it? And what they did do about it was fire her. Yeah. So there's been a petition and she's got her job back, Lou. That is good She's news. back on the buses. Well done, Tracy. Yeah. Well done, everyone, for signing that petition I know, too. I know. See, it's, it is it's worth a bit of it. power. When you see those petitions, you might think, oh, they don't do anything. But they do. And negative press for the old bus company. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Even if it just make, raises awareness, it's yeah. worth doing, well isn't done, it? Well done, Tracy. And like you, Lou, I was a little bit angry this week. Shall I tell you what I was angry about? What were you angry about? From April this year, 
Every single restaurant and cafe will have to, whether they want to or not, have the calories written on their menus. How many calories each thing has? What a load of bollocks. Yep. And what a waste of time. Do they think we're stupid? Yeah. Well, it's going to all have to be worked out. I mean, the the poor restaurants have been through so much with lockdown, haven't they? lockdown, and they've had to get all all the food intolerances and allergies. They have to have all those sorted, which is fair enough. But now, calories. Yeah, I know. It's mad. And who wants to look at calories when you're going out? I mean, you're going out, and it's a choice to go out. You, You know that... The, the, the lovely brownie at the end of the meal with, with cream on it is going to be a little bit more calorific than the salad to start with. Yeah. How stupid do, you, do they think I we know, are? I know. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and what message is that sending out to everyone? Yeah. Yeah. It's and, not and that's it, not a healthy it, it's mentally, not it's done it's done to try and because our our country is becoming more and more obese. So this is the reasoning behind it, but I don't think I it helps at all. I don't think it's going out for meals. I think it's the cheap cheaper easy foods to eat at the end of the aisles yeah. that are cheaper than the lovely seasonal veg. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, the problem. I agree. I agree. I don't think it's an awful lot of uh, some of it's education. You people, you know, we all need to be educated in what what yeah. sort of because you can have something the same amount of calories and one thing will be really healthy. Yeah. And the other thing will be maybe a Mars bar with no nutritional value in it whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there we are. That'll be April. Um, I'm not looking forward to that. Me either. I no. won't, but I don't go out anyway. As you said, load of bollocks. Lou. Bollocks. And again, Lou, we've had some great comments, oh, haven't we? Haven't we just? So the lovely Teresa said, excellent exposure on the TV tonight. Getting the message out there. Good luck with the continued campaign. Totally agree. It's a difficult time in our lives. I wouldn't have survived working, etc., without HRT. Well done to you both on the podcast too. Oh, thank you, Teresa. And Veggie Girl on Instagram said, well, WKC. When I read that, I had to look. I thought, what the hell's WKC? Some what sort is of, it? Some sort of new... KFC? Uh, yeah, like KFC. No, it's Womankind Collective. Hi. There you go. Well, KFC is certainly off to a fabulous start of 2022. This week's podcast featuring... Gin, featuring Jinty's, get your teeth in, Jin. This week's podcast featuring Jinty's sister, who has suffered from anorexia nervosa, was just so very powerful and educational. Also, the episode with Lou's daughter, who shared her experience as a diabetic. Hearing these authentic stories are so impactful for all listeners, but especially people who are going through the same. Many thanks to both of them for sharing their stories so candidly. Thank you, Veggie Girl. Yeah. And the musically gifted Edgelarks commented, thank you so much for all your brilliant campaigning. Oh, thank you. And Mrs. Menopause comments, menopause care is bad enough up country. You West Country girls must keep shouting. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, thank you. And Paul says about episode two with Jackie talking about anorexia, amazing and a very powerful thing to do. Oh, and lots more messages for Jackie. There's just a few here. Wendy says, very, very brave. I'm sure it will help others. Jamie commented, having beaten this myself, I can only send love. And Hazel said, thank you for sharing your story. There's some very interesting nutritional connections too. Mm. And Veggie Girl again. 
She says, I'm loving the veganuary and have just picked and just picked up some TVP textured veggie protein, but not sure how to use it. Would you consider passing on a recipe you love? She recommends a good veggie cookbook, Linda McCartney's Home Kitchen. She says it's simple and straightforward. Just right for you then, Lou. Simple mm. and straightforward in your cooking. Mm. Uh, we have. We've taken you, um, uh, Veggie Girl, up on that offer. And we have a nice TVP uh, recipe for you coming up later on. So stay tuned. Um, Sasha told us, I'm loving you ladies being back with some great podcasts. Although I'm not doing Veganuary, I have started the year increasing my diet to be greater plant-based and so it's been so helpful to hear your hints and tips on all things vegan and Sasha also recommends a book for us called Talking to the Wild by Becky Hemsley she says it's a collection of poems that are thought-provoking and she has felt quite emotional reading them well we, we took a look at said poems and stay tuned because um, we're going to be reading one at the end of the podcast Oh. Mm. So Neil's been in touch from Dubai. We're so international. Again, and messaged us saying, you never disappoint, guys. Really enjoyed listening to Marcel. She is so knowledgeable. Great to hear mindfulness being used by mm. experts as it crosses over into everyday life. I'm still laughing at the Kate Bush babushka <laughs> conversation. And no, it's not a food. Maybe you were thinking of... <laughs> Baba, Baba Ganoush. Ganoush. <laughs> <Did> I... <laughs> no, I said, I think babushka's a food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, no, I know babu. I think babushka means grandma in, in Russian. Oh, really? I, I do, I do know we that. But I, heritage, though, I thought you? babushka might have been a food as well, but it probably was Baba Ganoush. Yeah. Baba Ganoush is lovely. Have you ever tried I Baba Ganoush? I have. Yeah, it's a lovely, uh, sounds, well. He sounds like an old man as well that you'd want to take oh, home. Oh, yeah, he oh, does. Oh, good old Baba Ganoush. <laughs> And lastly, Wendy from Hillstart Nutrition said, great episode, guys. Listened on my dog walk yesterday. Oh, well, thank you. And just keep all your comments, ideas and recommendations coming, please, because we flip and love them. We do flip and love them. And that's how we operate, isn't yes. it? We are a collective, aren't we, Lou? Book Collective. So we are on our very last week of the amazing, the female lead, We Rise by Lifting Others by Edwina Dunn. Um, and it's our last week. And we uh, once again this week, we've met some amazing women, haven't we? Haven't we? Yeah. yeah. So highlights for you this week. Highlights for me. I've got quite a few women written down that were highlights. Um, but then I met this woman. Now, I've just, you know, highlighted lots here in the book. Oh, She's Gina. called Gina Miller. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of her. And I, I don't, have. I hadn't, I'd heard of what she did, but I hadn't heard her name. Mm -hmm. So you'd heard of her, Lou. Yeah. Well, so in, in 2012, she began the True and Fair campaign, campaigning for reform and greater consumer protection in the UK investment and pen, pension industries. Sounds really boring, doesn't it? But it's not. Uh, she rose to fame with her well-known legal case to defend Parliament's sovereignty, arguing that the British government could not start the formal process of the UK, leaving the EU without seeking approval from Parliament. So everyone might remember, even if you're yeah. not political, you remember last year, 
um, that this was that she challenged the government for shutting out Parliament, and she won again when the Supreme Court ruled that the Prime Minister's decision to suspend Parliament was unlawful. So everyone must remember that in, yeah, in the news. Definitely. But she she was um, born in Guyana. She was sent over here for school which well, was without her parents they they schooled her schooled her here and she wanted to become a lawyer um but then six weeks before her finals she was attacked sexually by a group of asian men who thought she was being too western wow. she was physically damaged and her she says in here her whole life fell apart and she didn't tell anyone because she was filled with shame and so she she's you know, she she didn't think anyone would believe her. Um, it's such a mm. you know familiar story. She got lost Sadly. for quite a lot of quite a few years. Um, but she says, interestingly, when she had her f- first daughter, her daughter was starved of oxygen at birth, and she said, "The lioness in me awoke. I fought my ex-husband." Um, her father, um, I fought the institutions, I fought the doctors, I fought the authorities, and I kept her. They wanted to put her in the institution. Wow. Um, And then, so she said her first policy and campaigning battle was to get special education and what's called a statement for children who need it. Now, we all know what statements are. Yeah. This was her from her own experience of her daughter. I mean, this is how things get done, isn't yeah. it? This is what's happening it's, in it's my that, life. It must be happening yeah. to others. Let's change it. And she's right. It's awakening that lioness, isn't it? Completely. And listen to her roar. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought she was absolutely amazing, Lou. Um, sorry if you couldn't hear me there. My mic just flicked flicked over. Um, and the, and it go, she goes on even after that, Lou. Um, she was in a relationship which went, it was very destructive and very um, and violent. Uh, she, she'd had enough. She moved out with her daughter um, and she was living in a car, her and her daughter. Um, that's when she said, I decided that nobody was ever, ever going to try and silence me or break me again. Wow. I know. Powerful, powerful, isn't it? Really powerful. Yeah. I mean, the book is just full of these type of women as well. Yeah. I mean, some stand out more, some will resonate with you more than others. I love the um, Asama Khan. She's um, yes. she's got a London restaurant called the Darjeeling Express. We need uh, to go there, Lou. Oh, we so do. We're going to London, so we just need we to are. book a table. And it's staffed entirely by um, Asian housewives in their 50s imagine eating that food how Fantastic. good would that be yeah but yeah but she she came um a bit of a cropper as well didn't she with the restaurant that she had she knew she needed to expand and um she saw some premises in Covent Garden I believe I haven't got the book in front of me but I read it yesterday so I'm just doing this by memory and um she actually pleaded with them to to help her these yeah. developers yeah and um to turn the tide change change you know women's asian women's perception of shall i read you what she said Go on. These, did you write it down i wrote did it down and i think you're so right you she well. she was basically nobody would show her any premises because no. she was this asian woman That's right and so she walked in she didn't take she, she walked in and there was these three white men in suits yeah. and she said to them your whole life you've had prejudice 
prejudices. Rise above them, look at me, listen to my voice and know that you can open the door and you can make a difference to how women are seen in my culture. Immigrant women, Muslim women. That's what she said to yeah. them and they said, yes. yes. I mean, they're not going to argue, are they? No. With that? That's, no. That again, another powerful speech. Yeah, exactly. And we follow her. I don't know if you've seen, but we follow her on Instagram. Yes, we do. Yes. And so she's had, because she was in this quite well-known program, I think it was in America. I've not seen it. And I can't remember what it's called. Chef something. Chef's Table, isn't it? Okay. Have you ever seen it, Lou? No. No, I haven't. Um, but she's quite well-known. So she gets quite a lot of celebs in her. Yeah. Um, and I think good, good for her. Yeah. Proper cooking. Real good cooking yeah and we love we love that style yeah, of food anyway definitely. don't we anyone else Lou that stood out for um, you um I I actually well this one because she's a Devon maid it was Ashley Linsdale yes she is a, she, from Hon- Honiton, Honiton, yeah. just up the road and she started the campaign during the pandemic for the love of scrubs yeah because of obviously they were as soon as they went to the if you're on a COVID ward as soon as you went to the loo or you went for a break, you had to change all your scrubs. They were running out of scrubs because we know there was, you know, the debacle with the hospitals oh. and not getting the yep. government, not giving me enough um, PPE. So, yeah, she got a sewing machine. She came home from a shift one night and she said, I've got a sewing machine, I'm going to make them. And then she sort of started this, put a little thing on Facebook and yeah. put a, pay, a group. And within sort of hours, there were 50,000 followers. I think Chris making, Evans picked up on yeah, it. Yeah, people so, making scrubs all over the country. I know yeah. we, were making, we were making face masks, but we were making those for ourselves. I don't think my saying was good enough to yeah. be, you know, <laughs> the NHS. Mine but, definitely yeah. wasn't. <laughs> no. So I think, you know, well, how amazing is that? I know. Just from a simple idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's fantastic. Um, who else have we got? I've also got um, Angela Greaves. She's a drive yes. time radio presenter yes. on Smooth Radio. Um, I just loved, there's lots of things I loved anyway, but her object I thought was beautiful. Um, I don't know if you read it, Lou. Her object was a teddy that her dad bought her yes. when she was eight. Now, when her dad um, suffered with dementia, um, she'd go in and visit him and he wouldn't know who she was or anything. So, one day she decided she'd take her little teddy in with her and immediately immediately he knew who she was because of the teddy and he'd he'd sort of you know speak to her oh you know oh I can't believe you still got that teddy and and he just brought everything back to life yeah it's amazing what about some of the other objects Lou were there sort of any other objects that kind of that that stood out I loved um Vanessa Kingori, and she's the first publishing director of British Vogue in its history. Which oh yes, I can't can't believe they never had a, a female publishing director. But there we go. Um, but her object was her grandmother's scarf, and her grandma was a really hardworking woman. She wore this scarf to church. She wore it when she was cooking, and this scarf just epitomed her her grandmother. Mm. And she said that this scarf is a symbol of triumphant spirit and overcoming setbacks, which her her grandmother had to go through. Fantastic. I love that. And what I loved about her, apart from all her achievements, one of the things she wanted to do was make... um, being a being a woman um what what can I say she said she said it she says it much better than me women have experiences such as 
maternity, the maternity That's process, right. losing a baby, endometriosis, fibroids, which all impair a woman's work and health. We need to stop hiding the female experience in order to level the playing field and get the most from women. So she she was given advice when she um, when she you know worked her way up. Things like don't have a photo of your children on the desk. Don't talk about yeah. childcare, because but actually we can bring something to the take that all that know, can bring part something of your life. Yes. It's part of your experiences. But yeah. who told her that? That would be the patriarchy, sure. Yeah, well, it was other women. Obviously, it was it was other women. Because but of, yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I mean. This book has been a sensational read. I will be reading it for years yeah, to and come. So, I mean, there's so many, but the list is, well, the whole book, isn't it? It's everyone in that book. Yeah, yeah, everyone. You need to, we need to read, read about them all. They are all amazing. Um, um, but we have to move on, Lou, don't we? We, we have do. to move on. All day. And we were influenced, really. It was a book that you'd already read anyway, Lou, but we were influenced uh, for the next book by one of the female leads women in the book, yes. weren't we? Are you going to tell everybody? It's Bernadine Everesto. Yes. Girl, woman, other. Fantastic. Story of 12 women, if I believe rightly. And... Um, we're going to be reading that we're going to for the month start, of February. Yeah, we're going to start talking about it next week. So just to wet your taste buds, yes, and get on. it get it on order. Go on Hive, Hive Books if you can. They are they they give that's oh, like don't an indie. Give old Jeff Basil, yeah. any more money to go if, to the if you can space, get you? it get it on a nice indie um, bookshop. Um, and I just want to mention um, my my mum wants oh. to come along the journey with us. So I'm going to buy an extra one for my mum. She's been reading uh, most of our books um, just more lately because she's I've been feeling a bit a better. Well, she yeah, she loves that Sarah Winman yeah. author. She loves it. Um, but um, so she's just read How to Kill Your Family by Bella Mackey, which we did before <laughs> Christmas, which she she really enjoyed. Um, but this is how switched on my mum is. She read she just read the back page, first of all. And she says, oh, mm. so it sounds very much like the Alec Guinness film, uh, Kind Kind Hearts and Coronets. That's Lou's phone going off. Uh, or is it James Bond? As Daniel Craig just walked in. Um, yeah, she said it sounds very much like Kind Hearts and Coronets film, which is a film about 70 years old. Ooh. So I looked it up I, and I've actually downloaded it. I'm going to go and watch it with her. And um, it's based on a book called How to Be a, the Autobiography of a Criminal by Isaac somebody or something Isaacs I can't remember but then so I thought oh gosh this is when I read what that book was about I thought my gosh this is almost exactly the wow. same but a man so Bella Mackey's obviously read it and been influenced by it and I thought I wonder if she acknowledges it well on my, I went in the about two days later to my mum and my mum said oh page 224 page 224 have a look and I had a look and when um, the character, and I can't remember the character's name, when she is in the cafe waiting, I can't remember, there's a scene where she's in the cafe waiting or observing somebody for one of her murders. She gets a book out and she says, I've had this book yes. at home. And she said, I'm looking at it and it is the autobiography of a criminal by something so Isaac. Does. so she, she kind of acknowledges it she gives a it. nod it's like a little easter egg Ooh, in there jenny she's on the ball she's on she? the ball she's on the men so i said mum we want mum's review every week yes okay so what she's going to be reading idea. along with us 
So, Foodie Collective, it's the last of our Veganuary week and we thought we'd have a little treat, didn't we, Lou? We did. So, you've, met, you've made these cupcakes. They had a rose icing yeah. on the top, didn't they, Jen? Yeah. We've got a cream. We've got a dollop. A dollop. <laughs> We've got a dead and dollop. We've got a dead and dollop the t- on the top. <laughs> because, yeah, I had a piping bag. Um, I'm not that dexterous. Look, I, I thought you were going to be pushing the boat out mm. and getting them done. Yeah. And to be honest, I thought they're only going to be rammed down our necks pretty quick. And they're going to taste the same. So they're not piped. I shall put a little photo on the uh, Instagram and put a put Lou's tucking in already. And then I shall put a photo of what they're supposed to look like. Um, but what do you think, Lou? Mm. So these are delicious. Good. These are uh, vanilla cupcakes or fairy cakes as we say in the UK um, and they are by um, six vegan sisters online who are absolutely brilliant they, they do savory stuff as well I've had loads of recipes from them these this is the only cake I have ever made that tastes like actual real cake that's vegan because most cake I've had that's vegan isn't great it's light and there's no soggy bottom that's Exa- all I'm saying yes because there's lots of vegan banana bread oh you know I'm not I'm, I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna I don't put it like, out there Lou I don't like banana bread I had enough in lockdown I'm not doing banana bread no. to me Eat it's... your bloody bananas before you make them into <laughs> bread and to me it's not really cake cake is something a, a bit naughty yeah I don't want it healthy really I don't even want carrot in it I don't even want carrot cake so this is yeah it's got a dollop of stuff on it and what you do folks to make the instead of the egg there's no egg substitute. What what she does, and it works for me every single time I make these or any other cake, you use your plant-based milk, um, which I tend to use soy, and you mix in with it um, a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar. You whisk it through. You leave it for 10 to 15 minutes before you do anything else with it, and it kind of curdles. Oh, so it's got that thickening. Exactly. This is your kind of egg substitute, and it's it works every single time. Well, mine hasn't touched the sides; it's gone down. Good, well done. I'm going to Love eat mine it. in a minute. Thank you so and much, Jess. yeah, we'll put the recipe on there for every. It's all things most people have in their cupboards, yeah. you know, like baking powder and flour and all those sort of yeah. things, icing sugar. So get that in. Now the TVP, so lovely veggie girl asked us. I've got some TVP. What the hell am I supposed to do with it? She didn't say it in that nasty way she's like me with the old tofu exactly exactly well tvp is a textured veggie protein so um you it needs moisture because it's dried it's it's all dry so it's like a boil in the bag not really it's no it's it's oh i should have got some to show you i'll show you in a minute lou um but i'll put the recipe on um instagram and i shall put it on the show notes um but basically the best things to do with it are anything with moisture so like um if you want to do a vegan shepherd's pie a vegan chili spaghetti bolognese it needs lots of moisture so I'm going to put on a recipe for gorgeous vegan chili that I do. Um, it involves the TVP and you need plenty of either, I don't use tin tomatoes, but I use passata. So you need either tin tomatoes, passata with chopped tomatoes. Um, you obviously need chili powder, paprika, oregano, um, anything there's a turmeric I always put turmeric in there you don't really need that but I put that in there a bit of cumin um and then some vegetables some peppers um and it it sort of swells up and so you may need to add a little bit more water at times if it's a bit thick but 
any of those dishes you use and make sure you have plenty of liquid okay. with them. But I'll put that on the I'll put that on the show notes. Okay, throughout January, we have been looking at eating and the relationships we have with food. This week, our guest is Tim Barnes. Tim underwent a gastric sleeve surgery in July 2021. So Tim Barnes, along with his wife, Kelly, are the owners of the award-winning Crispy's Fish and Chip Shop in Exmouth, Devon. Tim is also a regional director of, for England of the National Federation of Fish Friars. In 2021, after years of struggling with his weight, Tim took the decision to have a gastric sleeve surgery, life-changing and not without many risks. On one of his posts on Instagram, Becoming Tiny Tim, Tim says of his pre-op that he is a step closer to the next stage of his life. Tim, welcome. Hi. You're Hi, right. Tim. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're only the second man that's been a guest on our podcast. So it's quite daunting. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be gentle. It's great. It's great to have, have you yeah, here. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So this was life-changing surgery, um, and not just for you, Tim, but for your wife Kelly and the children as well. What what made you decide enough is enough? Um I, I mean, my, I've struggled with my weight uh, pretty much whole of my adult life. Um, my mother would tell me that I have been fat since I was about, about a 16-year-old lad. Um, and I felt that at the age of 43, I had, I really felt that I had sort of reached rock bottom um, in terms of how I felt about myself. Um, and I, I don't think anybody really realised um, how bad I felt because I never really told anybody apart from Kelly and um, my family. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got to the point that I I hated what I saw in the mirror. Um, so I never we don't have any full length mirrors apart from my, in my daughter's bedroom. Um, as long as I was looking from my shoulders up, I was quite happy. Um, and I just felt and things were just starting to get so hard. You know, simple things like putting my socks on. I'd have to hold my breath to sort of be able to squeeze my belly in to better get my socks on. Um, and I just started to feel like I was, you know, a 90-year-old man, not a 40-year-old man. Um, and I needed to do something about it. Had had you tried before, the, you know, the surgery before going for, for the Had you tried other sort of methods before? Or Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a member of Slimming World so many times. Um, that I could start my own, my own club with the amount of books I've got. Um, and, and, you know, it's a very daunting place because it's always full of women. Um, there's never very many men there. Um, so I always felt very uncomfortable. Um, and I just, yeah, I mean, I've just, I've tried everything, um, you know, all the diets. Um, and it, I, I needed something to force me into have changing my lifestyle rather than um dieting for a few weeks to lose a little bit of weight um so yeah i just i just felt that this really was the only way i tried everything that makes so much sense yeah, Lou, doesn't it, does. it? it is about lifestyle isn't it and cha changing because you can it is, goes back to what marcel was saying last week about the yo-yo dieting isn't it you, yeah. you lose the weight and then you just go back did you find you were just going back to what you would you would normally oh i'll go back and put on extra 
Um, every time I went on a diet, I always seemed to end up, you know, a few months later, I'd be heavier than I was before I started. Um, my biggest issue was if I ever had a, I'd do it fine for sort of two or three weeks, maybe a month. Um, and then as soon as I had a week that I plateaued or that I put on a bit, a couple of pounds, I then wouldn't go to the meeting because I didn't want that um, sort of not really embarrassment, but it's sort of, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I, I just never wanted to go back until I then lost again. Yeah. So I think in my head, I think, right, I'll, I'll leave it a week and then I'll go the week after and I would hopefully have lost, at least lost what I put on. Yeah. Um, and then that was kind of the, the breakdown of how, you know, it was a slippery slope then. Then I wouldn't go again because the next week wasn't any better. Yeah. Um, and I still have that battle now. Um, you probably noticed, maybe noticed that I haven't posted what my weight's been for the past couple of weeks because over, you know, the beginning of December was Kelly's birthday. So we went out a few times and we had a few drinks. So I put on a little bit of weight. Then the week after I got back down to what I was before that happened. And then it was Christmas. So the same thing happened again. Um, and then we'd just been to Scotland for a week. So I, I put on a couple of pounds, but I've now lost all of that. So I'm back to where I was before Christmas. Um, and I'm hoping this week I'm going to hopefully have lost at least a pound or two. So I kind of, I always, it's a battle that I always have that, you know, if, if it's not going the right way, I don't like to shout about it. Yeah. Um, because I suppose you just, I don't know, I don't know what it is. You just don't want to be a bit ashamed of it. Yeah, it's yeah. a mental thing as well, isn't it? There's so much It's showing vulnerability do... as well, isn't it? Yeah. And it's almost feel you feel like you failed, but you haven't because you've come so far and, and done so, so well. And yeah. it's not a fail at all, is it? But in your head, it probably, that's how it feels. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, I've, the whole Instagram thing for me anyway is, uh, you know, I'm not one to be telling the world my my personal things and especially putting pictures of me without my top on and things like that I mean I just it's not what I do um so and I but I wanted to be I suppose accountable for what I was doing uh, which is kind of why I started it as well um but yeah it's it makes me feel very uncomfortable so posting something to say that I'm not doing as well as I should be yeah <laughs> that's kind of why I don't do it I have to say I think you're Instagram is absolutely fantastic I really do and I know it's I think it's even better because we know you're uncomfortable with it and you're doing it for all the right reasons you're doing yeah. it to help anyone else out there that might be going through the same thing and sometimes I'm not saying you should do it at all but sometimes it's it might be it if you could it might be nice to post that you've put on purely yeah, yeah. so other people in the same boat as you I mean perhaps if because if you were to read something that somebody else had put you'd on go, you'd oh, go okay, oh okay I feel so bad about myself but that that is such a huge thing to do isn't it is yeah it? yeah I, I think so and uh, and I probably need to be a bit more imaginative about what I put on um I don't <laughs> allow anybody that I know to follow me apart from a few people so you are you are one of you um I think there's only about a dozen people that I know that are following me all the rest are people that are in the same position as me yeah. but 90 percent of them are, are women yeah um yeah. there's not many men that you know even that going to the for the surgery um you know it, there was probably I think there was five of us booked in that day and they were all women apart from me wow. so it's just it's just the whole weight loss um scene really is 
it's always seems to be women, yeah. not men. I mean, there are men out there, but um, I think I might have maybe six people that follow me that wow. are men. The rest of it, I think I've got 650 odd followers and the rest of them are women. Wow. And that says a lot, doesn't it? I suppose yeah. that's a good thing in a way, because but it just shows you what the diet industry is aimed at women. Yeah, and who's spending yeah. the money on dieting. Exactly. Women. But it's not very nice for men like yourself when you want to, um, you, you need help. You go, you take the plunge and go for some help and you're surrounded by really nobody like you. I mean, it, yeah. You know, yeah. that's what you're yeah. looking for, isn't it? Somebody else. It, you know in in the same boat have you found your um what you eat now your relationship with food is is changing what, do you look for different foods or are you still eating similar things but less of no i can't I, my i think my relationship with food is completely changed um i think about everything i eat um i, I it's, yeah simple things like I, I i used to have sandwiches for lunch every single day um, that was, you know, that was how I was brought up. Um, it was, it's the easiest thing. Mm. Now I have salad every day. Yeah. Um, and I try and eat, I don't try and have any carbs during the day. Um, purely because I just, it's a waste of calories. I have, I have a, an app on my phone that I, so I try and restrict myself to 1200 calories a day, mm -hmm. which has gone up from when I had the operation. It was about 800 when I first started. Um, and bread is just a waste of calories for me for the for what you get out of it in terms of how full it makes you feel i can feel just as full with a salad and a load of meat mm. um and not use as many calories and and it's not that much nutritional value in i mean some breads there are but really there's not a huge no. nutritional value in, bread, no, in no. bread either so I, I kind of i do i think about everything i do the only thing I, yeah, I know it's a question probably later on, but um, it's that's probably a little bit of a negative is that food is on my mind all the time, not because I'm craving it, but because I'm thinking, can I have this? Can I have that? Or what should I have for lunch? And yes, you constantly kind of plan what you're going to have because when I don't plan, they're the times that I don't do as well because you, when you're hungry, I, I find that I make bad choices. Mm. If I know what I'm going to have and you know if you go into the fridge and there's nothing there i think i'll sod it i'll just have something else and you grab the first thing you come to um so yeah you really have to plan what you're doing i think that's that's everybody isn't it we all we all we all do a bit a bit of that as in if we're really hungry and we haven't planned anything you will go for lou will go for lou will go for the biscuits yeah. usually and it's just it's snacking isn't it it's grazing yeah. it's the worst thing yeah. you can do yeah so with your surgery, Tim, can you talk us through your surgery? So what exactly sort of it entailed as well? Um, yeah, so I I had to do the hardest bit was actually doing, you have to do a diet for two weeks before you go to have the operation. And it's called a liver reducing diet um, because your liver sits on top of your stomach. So for them to get in there through keyhole surgery, they've got to shrink the size of your liver as much as they can. So that, that was 600 calories a day Whoa. for two weeks, um, no carbs whatsoever. Um, you could eat a small amount of meat. Um, I think it was about 80 grams, an 80 gram portion of chicken for a meal. Um, and the rest was vegetables and salad. And that was really tough because you've got nothing to restrict your eating. So, you know, I probably went from eating two and a half 
thousand calories a day, if not more, um, to six hundred. But the only thing that's getting you through that is that in your mind, you like you know, the last thing you want them to do is turn around and start to cut you open and realize that your liver's not shrunk enough. And then they've got and they tell you this, and then they would sew you back up and say, "Sorry, we're not doing it." Um, so that's the only drive you have to stick to it. So and no alcohol as well. So I had to cut out all alcohol as well. Um, so I arrived at seven o'clock in the morning uh, at the hospital, um, and they take you straight down. Had to get changed into the gown, and they show you your room and settle you in and give you a gown and some lovely stockings to put on. Um, and then I think I, sat, I waited around until my operation was about 11 o'clock um, in the morning and they took, you had to walk to the operating theater. Um, and then they, you have to actually literally climb onto the operating table yourself because uh, you're probably too heavy for them to be able to slide you across and lift you. Um, and then yeah, at that point you're feeling quite nervous because you're seeing everybody in the room. It's a very clinical room. Um, and the anaesthetist was talking to me and said, I'm just going to give you a bit of oxygen. And he's sticking this mask over my face. And I, and I remember, the last thing I remember was that I didn't feel the oxygen was coming through the mask. And he was pushing it down so hard on my mouth that I couldn't breathe. Um, and I was thinking, surely this isn't right. I don't feel like the oxygen's coming through and I can't breathe because you, you've got this mask over my face. And kill me. Yeah. <laughs> so then all these things, you know, this isn't going right from the start. Um, and then the next thing, you know, you, you're waking up in a recovery room. Yeah. Um, so obviously went absolutely fine. Um, but they, you, you, you're, when you woke up, I was sort of overwhelmed with this great pain because they fill your abdomen with gas to, to expand it out um, so that they can see what they're doing. And this gas causes you a lot of pain and it's there for a couple of days afterwards. So it wasn't pain from stitches and things like that. It was just this gas was just so uncomfortable. Um, and then I stayed in hospital for two nights, which is normal. Um, and then they let me out. It was, it was once the anesthetic wore off, it was quite uncomfortable. Um, I had one, the hole that they, when they pull it, your stomach out, because they remove 80% of your stomach. Wow. So what they do, what they do is they stick a, um, something down your throat to fill your stomach. It's like a, a mold that they're putting in. And then they create this, they staple your stomach around this mold. Mm. And it's about the size of a banana. Um, and then the other 80% of the stomach, they pull out of this hole. So that hole that they pulled it out of, was bigger than the rest and they had to cut through a, a few muscles um so that one was very very sore for a few days wow and what what made you decide was it their recommendation because there's there's the the band isn't the gastric band and there's yeah. a bypass and there's yeah. the sleeve which you had which is irreversible obviously they've taken yeah. 80 percent away did they recommend that or was that a decision you made uh, it was a decision that I made. Um, I actually, when I phoned them up, uh, was asking about the band. Um, and then I did more research on it and realized that you have the thing with the bands, because it is literally a band that goes around the neck of your stomach. So it restricts the food going in. It doesn't actually restrict the size of your stomach. So it's the idea of it is that it closes the neck of your stomach. And as the food goes through it, 
um, because it's harder to get through your it's telling your brain that you've had enough food right somehow um, but they've got to get that tightness right so every few months you have to go and they leave a sort of a port just underneath your skin that they can inject saline solution into it or or take it out and that saline solution squeezes the band tighter or, or if they take it out it makes it looser and i kind of i didn't really want that constantly you know every few months having to go to the hospital and get it checked and yeah. make sure it's right and it can also dislodge um and the only benefit from it that i could see was that it was not permanent you could could have it removed if you wanted to um so i then sort of inquired about the sleeve um and the bypass and i felt that maybe the bypass although you lose more weight on the bypass maybe that was just a little bit too much yeah. um so I, I looking back now i don't know whether i maybe i'd go for the full bypass i don't know um I'm happy with what I've what I've had done. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much more weight I will lose. They, they say that you'll lose between fifty and seventy percent of your overweightness. Um, yeah. So uh, I was I'm a I was about ten stone overweight. So they they reckon is it ten stone? No, maybe twelve stone. So they think I could lose nine about nine stone if I wanted to. Um, Whereas in a bypass, you can lose up to 80% of your weight. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, that's, I, it was just kind of research. Um, yeah, and I researched it a lot. You've got to look at, long, you're looking longer term, aren't you? And if you're looking longer term, then you're probably thinking, why, why have a, it reversed if, if yeah. you know that chance? And I, I, I was looking, I've got something here, I think it's uh, from the NHS, and what I like or thought, you know, about the, the sleeve that you've had done, um, it says it doesn't change the way your body digests food. So there is less chance of you becoming deficient in key vitamins, minerals or protein with time. And that's got to be beneficial for your long term health, hasn't mm. it? Your nutrient it's all right losing weight, uh, but you've got yeah. to be you've got to have a healthy yeah. you know uh, the new healthier nutrients and things as well yeah i think the bypass is a lot more restrictive um you they, they there's a thing that if you eat the wrong stuff you, you something happens to you called dumping uh which is when the body gets either too much sugar or and it makes you feel quite ill for a sort of half an hour hour after you've eaten and you get that a lot if you've had a bypass and you eat the wrong things so you're restricted to what you can eat um, whereas the sleeve, you can eat pretty much anything you wanted to, but a smaller portion. Obviously, you don't really want to eat whatever you wanted because you could still ruin it by, you know, if you if you had three McDonald's a day, it's not going to do any good, um, and you're going to add, you, you're not going to lose as much weight because of the amount of calories you're having. Um, but yeah, it's the, the bypass is a lot more restrictive because um, you're they they actually then remove your where your intestines come into into your stomach, they sort of detach it and add it on somewhere else higher up. Um, so yeah, it, it is the next step, but I I, th I think the sleeve is the right choice. Yeah. Um, because you can go out and I can you know I can go to a restaurant if I wanted to and I can have whatever I want to eat, just a smaller amount of it, um, and there's no restriction there. And and has it curbed? I suppose with a much smaller stomach, does it curb your cravings, your kind of hunger? Or is uh, yes. Yeah, because the part of the stomach that they remove, 
um, is supposed to have is the part of the stomach that produces the hunger hormone. So it's supposed to make you not feel hungry. Um, I don't get as many crave. I still get a few cravings for like sweet things, and I, I find that if I eat sweet things, and I crave more sweet things. Um, so I do try and sort of stay away from that. Um, when I'm when I'm hungry, I know it's because I'm empty, rather than sort of just you know I, I feel like I feel, yeah, yeah really yeah 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 that's great. How are you finding sort of you're going out and you're eating now and and drinking? Are you how's how's all that sort of feeling now? Because I know you said smaller portions. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I. I I do I still drink, um, but I don't drink anywhere near as much as I used to. Um, and I ca you, you can't, it's very uncomfortable to drink if you've just eaten as well. So you have to leave at least half an hour, whether you're drinking water or, or alcohol, you have to leave half an hour. Because um, you're full up with the food and the last thing you want to do is then add more to it. Yeah. When you um, say uncomfortable, Tim, is it just like a full feel, full uncomfortable, or a different sort of feeling that you haven't had before? Uh, well, if you if you eat too much, it is just you. Just it's like I used to feel when I ate too much and I carried on eating because yeah, my yeah. brain was telling me to eat. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, you. It's just so uncomfortable because you're so full. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I mean, drinking for me was always a bit of an issue and it was probably why I put on so much weight as well because I used to drink quite every night um, and there's so many calories in the alcohol. So it was you know, adding probably a few thousand calories on top of the amount of calories I've already had. Um, so now I do, I watch what I drink because if I have a drink for you know, a couple of, if I drink over the weekend, say, half the week will be I would have put on weight so then I'll be battling it's always a constant battle you know if I put on a weekend and I'll be spending the rest of the week trying to lose that weight I've put on so I do I do try and not drink now unless there's something special on yeah. um rather than sort of doing it every weekend or every night yeah I think in the, all that goes back to habits doesn't it you get into complete habits you you drink because it's this is what I do on an evening or yeah. this is what yeah. I do on a Saturday. And it's, you've only really, you've done so well in what, six is it months. six months? Yeah, so you haven't well. really had, you know, a, a lot of time to create kind of new habits, have you? So I think, you know, that's kind of all the learning as well as what you can eat and can't eat. That's all the learning as well, isn't it? Creating yeah, different yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. How, yeah. how does your body feel now? And are you feeling that you can move more easily? Because I noticed you've been doing some... Um, snatching yeah. snatching yes. oh tell all yeah. <laughs> um yeah no I, I i feel i feel great i i feel so much better i feel younger um i have so much more energy yeah um i, I mean i have so much more energy just because i'm not having the effects of drinking the night before or you know i never used to feel like i was i, I ever got hangovers but I, I think i was just in a constant um, glaze of, of a hangover really um so yeah i i feel good and i started exercising uh probably three months after the op um we have a peloton bike and a um and kelly's got a peloton tread so i i in our garage and we sort of try and do it well she's a morning person so i, I usually am in there every afternoon on the bike um doing sort of half an hour 
and then I kind of we felt at Christmas that I wanted to take the next step um so we signed up to CrossFit um so we do that twice a week we're having a, at the moment we're having a personal trainer just to teach us how to do it um so yeah we're doing a lot of weights and weightlifting and things like that yeah, so wow. which is really good. good and would you have done that prior to surgery would you have done any of that prior to surgery or would you have sort of uh, for a bit felt uncomfortable and given up well i used to do it 10 years ago um i used to do a lot of weights 10 years ago and i was quite into my weight training and i used to love things like the world's strongest man and things like that so i was thinking well they're, they're pretty fat and and yeah. fit because they're strong yeah. um but and i used to use it as an excuse that if i went to the gym three times a week i could eat and drink whatever i wanted because for probably five years i managed to keep my weight exactly the same constantly um and it used to frustrate me because the more i worked out i still didn't lose any weight because i wasn't doing eating as well um but then in the last five years the bigger i got the there was no chance i was going back to the gym as much as i wanted to and thought every week i think i need to start getting back into this and i joined up and never went and um so yeah there was no chance six months before I would never have gone back into the gym. It's just, it's a vicious circle, isn't it? The the worse you feel about yourself, the less you want to do. Um, and, and you don't want to put you yourself into that it, position. Yeah. yeah. And the more you need to do it. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and obviously, because you're, you're tall as well, Tim, aren't you? So yeah. do, you, do you feel that your weight actually defined you before all of this? Did you just feel that you were just Tim and this was your shape um, and that was going to be it? Um, yes, I do. Um, whether it did define me uh, in my head, it defined me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've all, I've been six foot seven as, uh, everybody always says to me, go, you're a big guy. And I used to always then yeah. put that as they're calling me fat. Yeah. <laughs> um, sure. They, I'm sure they weren't. Um, but yeah, in your, in your head, that's how you see it. So yeah, I just, it did define me and. I, and I never believed that I would ever lose the weight um, until I decided that I was going to have the sleeve. Mm. I mean, I even throughout probably six months before I had the sleeve, before I knew I was going to have it, or even thought about having it, um, I threw out all my the clothes that didn't fit me. And now I'm back through them and, and smaller. So yeah. it was quite frustrating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Um, and what what... Do you? Th I mean, you've already explained the most probably the most difficult thing about the surgery was the dieting beforehand. I mean, six hundred calories. I think we'd all struggle. We'd all struggle on that. Yeah. Um, but what what has been the most sort of difficult thing about the surgery since? Do you think? What have you found? Um, I think I think having food on your mind all the time, having to think about it, um, and and probably the that I beat myself up if I have something that's not quite as healthy as it could be. I beat myself up about it a lot. Mm. Um, I, I probably give myself a hardest time now than than anybody. Um, yeah, yeah, it's sort of the it's the guilt feeling. You feel guilty and yeah. um, and and we're talking. Yeah, if I've if I've had something other than a salad, I feel guilty <laughs> that I've had it because yeah. I know that the, you know the salad would have been the better option. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm quite hard on myself, and I, that is quite tough. Can, can you see a point where that will change? Can you see a point moving forward that you you know kind of what you eat, when you eat, 
and that you won't have to have it on your mind all the time or is it just so um it's i think it's because i'm maybe but because i'm so scared of going back to where i was yeah, yeah. um and you've always got on your mind that yeah this is probably your one and only opportunity and if you waste it and do something silly like overeat and stretch your stomach which it can happen um i think they say that 50 percent of people lose all the weight they want to lose and then they put a few stone back on yeah um and i'm sort of scared to death that i'm going to do something silly like that yeah. and um so i don't know i think i think it will always be on my mind did, did they um, offer you any sort of count like counseling or talking to somebody after 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 the yeah season? they've been they've been very good um they they i have a dietitian that keeps in contact with me all the time brilliant um and offers me any help that i want um there were the, i never got any counseling um but i don't think you get that with i think if i asked for it i could have it yeah um but i i'm not the best for asking for help <laughs> um, being a man yeah, I think women, I think any of us really do, Tim. And it's such no, I, uh, such a, a subject for you, isn't it? It's, it's, it's like I say, it has defined you. It's been with you most of your life, hasn't it? So yeah, I think everyone would um, resonate with that guilt and, and almost shame around food sometimes, yeah. though, isn't it? You know, um, when you know you've kind of overdone it or it, yeah, it's a horrible, alcohol, you know, they're your secret, you know, they're your secret things, aren't yeah. they, sometimes? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and what obviously you've got, there's so many benefits. You've already told us, you know, some, but obviously what, what's been a few of the, the best things just about, about having the surgery, just feeling, feeling so much better. Yeah. Just feeling so much better, feeling like I'm not going to have a heart attack from putting my, my socks on, um, being able to do things, do things with my kids a bit more um yeah i was the other day i was wrestling with my son and i thought six months ago i'd be sitting here out of breath yeah. um probably or probably not even be bothered to to mess around with him um and he, even kelly said to me does that not upset you that you've missed all this time and i'm like no i'm, I'm happy now i'm i'm happy that i can do it i'm not going to look back on what i haven't done um i know i probably you know we didn't go out very much because we couldn't be bothered and um yeah, I, I, I'm not one to sort of dwell on what I've missed out on. I'm, yeah. well, I'm going to move forward and make things right, I suppose. Brilliant, yeah. Tim. It's all about the future, isn't it? It's, it's all about yeah. the yeah. stage of your yeah. life, isn't it? That's yeah. what it yeah. is. We, we don't want to fanny about wasting time on no, things. No, do we? no, So, I mean, I think you, you oh, do. Oh, hang on. Sorry, Lou. You never told me what, what was it? What shifting? What was it? You and Kelly, you said you and oh, Kelly. Oh, a snatch. Snatching. <laughs> what is it? It's a, it's a lifting, it's a weightlifting lift where you um, you pick the bar up uh, from the ground straight over your head without any sort of jerks or anything. Um, and we were just, we were let, we put a video up of us learning how to do that the other day. Um, and Kelly was actually, looked better at it than I did. Um, well, I didn't like to say anything. She was a even, even though those plates going on, the plates on the end of her bar was just just wood. Um, <laughs> there wasn't much weight on there, but uh, yeah, but she was very good at it. the side of your head, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've, I I've known you for years, Tim. You and, and Kelly, and you, you know, you're very dear to me. And I think you've you've done absolutely amazing. I mean about six and a half stone lost now six and a half stone yeah hopefully i'll get another two maybe um but it's also the it's impacted kelly as well because she's she's lost weight 
Um, she looks amazing. She does. She gets more comments than I do. And it's, it's, uh, it's not fair. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's, it's the whole family is happier because I'm happier. Yeah. Um, and, you know, our relationship's better because we're sort of two new different people, really. So yeah, everything's really good. It's and, and I, I, you kind of think the only sort of regret is I should have done it 10, 15 years ago. But then um, you wouldn't have been right in here to do it. it wasn't, you that's the thing is if, if I hadn't hit rock bottom, then would I have put the effort into it? Um, and as they always used to say to it, when you're going through with a surgery is that this isn't a fix to make you slimmer. This is a, a it's a tool to help you get slimmer. And you can't just think, oh, I've had the sleeve and I can do what I want now. And you get the results you want. You've got to use the tool that they've given you um, to help you and to keep it off forever, hopefully. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well done, Tim. Been amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Anything else? Object. Oh, did you did find an object, Tim? Well, don't worry if you haven't, but we are, we are doing just for the listeners. So to explain, we're doing, uh, we're reading the female lead book and um, with all the women they talk to, uh, they are asking for a significant object. Now, some people, it might be a book or a diary or a phone, jewelry. Uh, um, so we're, we've been asking our guests all this month if they have or can think of a significant object. Did you manage to find anything, Tim? I think my significant object should be uh, a pair of socks. Because wow. <laughs> I can put them on now. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. Fantastic. Thank you, Tim. I think we're there, aren't we? And we is are. there anything else we've missed that you would like to say, Tim? Or um, No, I, I think that's everything. I think we've covered brilliant. it all. Brilliant. And uh, for anyone that doesn't know Tim, because he won't let you in if you don't know, but if you don't know Tim and you want to follow his amazing he might story, let, he'll let you in. He'll let you in. Um, he is under um, Becoming Tiny Tim, are you? Becoming Tiny it's Tim becoming, Instagram? Becoming Tiny Tim underscore VSG, which is stands for Vertical Sleeve Gastronomy. You know, I was going to ask you that. I thought it was some sort of vegetarian you'd gone. Or... <laughs> I knew that. I knew I that. I've looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tim, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. That's all right. And, um, and good luck. Good luck. For the next thank two you. stone. Here we come. Yeah, and you look yeah. amazing. Thank, thank you very much. much. <laughs> See you, Tim. How fabulous was Tim? He was amazing, wasn't he? Yeah. Thank you, Tim, so much. He was so open and honest and really, really good. I think that will help, really help. Yeah, a, a great story. Yeah. A lot of, and I think a lot of people go through that with their weight issues and that have had all their life as well. Yeah, exactly. So, WI, Lou, um, you're, you're coming to the end of it now. How are you feeling about the, your WI of Veganuary? I found it really difficult because, you know, I love, my, I love my butter, I love my cream, I love my milk, I adore my cheese, I've been dreaming of prawns and chicken, because chicken is the only meat I eat. Mm. I'm not that I eat it very much, but I have struggled. Um, I'm going to be glad when it's the 1st of Feb, not to lie, but I've done it. Yeah. You know, I haven't, I haven't given in. Um, yeah, my milk order starts again on the 1st of Feb, so that's that's all good. Is there anything you will be adopting? Um, probably eating more veg. 
probably eating more veg. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm being a bit more adventurous with the veg that I cook, I think. Um, and there's been some brilliant recipes that we've yeah. had and some I will take forward, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I tried um, Emma's Nutrition's latest one last night, the butternut squash Oh, that looked lovely. What was that like? It was lovely. Um, could have done it. I think I could have done it with some sort of saucy thing because I think I needed something a bit moist yeah. with yeah. it. But it was lovely and she's great. And she The flavours. The flavours yeah. are good. I, th- I think it does make you appreciate um, how flavoursome things can yeah. be because you do rely on like fish or meat or yes. to get your flavours from. And when yeah. you've got it, it really makes you think a little bit more about how you cook, yeah, doesn't it? Definitely, definitely. But yeah, so... Yeah, any yeah. surprise? Was there any surprises? Any sort of surprises? Things that surprise you, good or bad? I'm getting used to black tea. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, you're not going to keep that up, are no, you? No, I'm not. No. And uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, I think I've had a bit of weight loss as well, probably because my snacking is not so. You can't snack so, so much. much. But then I yeah. wasn't doing it for any weight loss. I was quite happy with yeah. my weight, so for me that wasn't an issue, and I, and I don't mind my curves, um, but. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I think it's a, a great thing to do if it's your life lifestyle choice, but I don't think it's a lifestyle choice no, for me. No, and, and that's why I, I always say to people, really, and if people are looking for it to be a lifestyle choice, I certainly wouldn't do it as a whole month. No. You, you need to do it gradually yeah. and cut things out gradually because I think, you know, I, I'm in admiration for you doing it like you've done it and Veganuary is great. But I do think just to cut out everything suddenly, if you've gone from being a meat eater or fish eater to suddenly, I know you didn't have much meat, no, but, but to suddenly cutting out all dairy yeah. and all meat and, and anything. snacks. And snacks. It is, it is hard. So I would suggest to anyone that does want to sort of become um, plant-based eventually, if they're looking to do that eventually, look at it as a longer term thing yeah. and do it gradually. Maybe start with no milk. Just start with no milk. Do everything else the same. Yeah, I agree. I think it should be a gradual thing. So it's been a bit of a, I should probably gorge myself on cheese and cream cake. You probably would make yourself sick. sick. Because I was vegetarian before I was vegan. So I was kind of halfway there anyway. And I'd even argue that cutting out dairy is harder than cutting out meat. I think so. There's more dairy and even like with eggs and everything. Yeah. um, There's much more, isn't there? Okay, sorry about that. That was the uh, dog barking. Got rid of her. Um, but so before we go on, so we were just finishing off about talking about vegan, veganuary. But I think we finished there, hadn't we, in WIs. So I've actually got a new WI, Lou, for this week. So have you heard of um, Wear Red Day? I can't wear red. I've got ginger red. Well, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> you might have to find a certain red. <laughs> so National Red Day is to raise awareness of, of congenital heart disease and support the vital work done by the Children's Heart Search heart surgery fund um so congenital heart disease is a term used to describe a range of defects that affect the heart from birth so this can present as different symptoms um, but often babies with congenital heart disease experience extreme tiredness fatigue rapid heartbeat difficulty breathing the most serious cases of congenital heart disease can be fatal um and my friend who you'll remember um she came to my wedding and you'll remember vicky So Vicky died at 36 years old of a congenital heart disease. She had what we used to call her hole in the heart. I didn't. I never knew how serious it was. She never told me. 
she needed by the end she needed a heart and lung transplant which unfortunately obviously she she never got um so it, it's a really important um thing this red word red word day red word day i've started something new um so where red day so this takes place on the 4th of february friday the 4th so i thought if uh, anyone wants to join in wear red all day and donate some money to the children's heart surgery fund online that's what i'm going to be doing what a fab wi yes so i want a photo of you in red looking pasty <laughs> Thanks. I love red. <laughs> so, Lou, we got it's the last weekend in the month, isn't it? So we've got our wine collective, but um, it's a very dry one, isn't it? We've got no alcohol this week. Well, I've got 0.5. 0.5, and I've gone for the. Uh, Just opening there, my tinny. I've lost. I've lost the uh, bottle. But yes, what have you gone for, Lou? So I've gone for a M&S low alcohol rhubarb and ginger cider tart rhubarb and fiery ginger flavor so i'm gonna uh sounds delish you a glass there pigeons. there you go oh thanks i thought you might want to drink out the bottle as we are in devon drinking cider I well, yes what, let's what go for you yours got? first i have got everleaf i've got forest by everleaf it's complex and bittersweet and i have to say i've tried it already and it tastes like cough medicine <laughs> You smell it. It does smell like cough smell medicine. It. So it says you can have it on the rocks. There's no way oh, I'm going to have that on the gee, rocks. That, that, oh, that, Isn't it? Like when you were a child. Yeah. It's not pleasant. So it's oh, quite... Smell mine. Mine smells nice. Oh, that's oh, that's proper delish, that. Isn't yeah. it? So I'm going to pour some um, fizzy water in mine. I'm, I'm not having this on my own, Lou. I've done you. You've got to try it as well. Oh, my geez, my really? cough medicine. Yeah. I'm just going in with my cider. Yeah, go, you go for your cider. There's a little, uh, I'm a bit worried about all these wires and these drinks. <laughs> all that oh, rhubarb is, and ginger is lovely. Is it? Mm. Hang on, I'm going to have a slurp of my Everleaf. Let's try the Everleaf. It's better with water in it, but it doesn't... Oh. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, that takes you back to when you were having to have a sick bucket by the side <laughs> of your bed, doesn't it? Either the medicine or the Dettol. It's almost oh, that like, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sorry, Everleaf, but that I won't that be buying flavor. any more of that. That flavour. They do do other flavours. This is supposed to have saffron, orange blossom, and vetiver in it, but um, no, I and vanilla, but it, no, it's it's dettol for me. So <laughs> I won't be buying any more of that. Can I try a little bit of your um, yes, cider, Lou, if you'd like to yes. kind of let that pour. So you re may remember, Lou, um, that way back in the comments, um, Sasha told us about Talking to the Wild by Becky Hemsley. She did. Uh, she did. And it's a collection of poems. Well, we had a quick look at those. So I thought it'd be rather nice to read one uh, to end the show with. Ah. Uh, so this is called Fire. Do not go near the flames, he said. Beware the sparks and heat. Be careful of the white hot ash that burns beneath our feet. Fret not, she said, come closer as these flames grow ever higher and you'll see that I have nothing to fear for I'm the whole damn fire. Oh, good, isn't it? Goosebumps. It is goosebumps. What a week, Lou. And what a way to finish. What a way to finish. So we hope your tea's not gone cold and that you'll join us next Sunday for The Collective. 
we would love you to subscribe, favorite and review our podcast. It really helps us spread the word. Please head over to our Instagram page, Womankind Collective, to leave comments or DM us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our brand new Womankind Collective YouTube channel. And lastly, you will find all the links and the chat from the podcast on the podcast show notes. And also testimonies, please DM us. Please or do. You can email us at womankindcollective at gmail.com with any testimonies. Um, reference the menopause clinic and in yeah, Devon yeah that you've been going through yeah so, yeah thank you please do that um so can I have some of your cider Lou I can't drink any more of this what, cough medicine? yeah yeah I can't drink any more cough medicine anyway enjoy your drinks <laughs> especially for those who we've bought some Everleaf please let us know if you like it better than I do so have a good week guys Cheerio. bye